Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly, co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold, and co-host Army National Guard veteran Sean Claiborne. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Welcome to America's Heroes Group on WVON 1690 AM, the talk of Chicago. I am Vietnam veteran host Cliff Kelly. America's Heroes Group is a live streaming podcast, global platform, radio, print, and digital media broadcast show that empowers change agents through intentionally disseminating information, resources, and referrals to empower our military population. And welcome to America's Heroes Group. You just heard our host, Cliff Kelly. I'm Sean Claiborne, the co-host. Our executive producer is Glenda Smith, and our digital media producer is Ivan Ortega of Scouts Honor Productions. And we have our partner today, Jesse Brown, VA Works, America's Heroes Group Roundtable. October is Breast Cancer, Mental Health, and National Disability and Domestic Violence Awareness Month. We have Jada in the studio today with her pink on, celebrating breast cancer awareness doing everything she can with her red wristband and everything, or pink wristband and all that. Today is October 8th, 2022, Saturday, 4 o'clock as always. And we have a great show for you today. We're going to talk about some serious topics. On the topic of breast cancer, we have a panelist, Dr. Sarita Dashpandi. She's a board member certified internist and has been on the Women's Health Medical Director at the JBVA, the Jesse Brown VA, since 2013. And we're going to talk about breast cancer awareness and where that has taken us today. That's something on everybody's mind because it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Doctor, are you with us? Uh, yes. This is uh, Sarada Deshpande. Thank you for having me. Jesse Brown, thanks, WVON, to be able to speak on breast cancer awareness in this month of October, which is a breast cancer month. You know, Thank you. Now, you have a particular focus in women's health, and you also want to – now, tell us about the importance of screening. How important is this? Because we're going to go into a lot of details about this topic, um, particularly after the fact that the pandemic kind of made a lot of women stay home and not get their checkups. Something like 30% of women did not get their checkups during 2020 during the pandemic. Let's talk about screening. What is important about that? Absolutely. This is a great question. Um, breast cancer is the second leading cause of cancer death in women following the lung cancer. Besides skin cancer, breast cancer is the most commonly diagnosed cancer amongst American women. And if you look, if you look at statistics, one-eighth of U.S. women will develop invasive breast cancer over the course of their lifetime. Um, this is a serious concern, but has a 99% survival rate if it is detected very early. That's the reason screening is extremely important. So tell us about the different stages of breast cancer. From, from doing some research, I didn't realize it was a stage zero. I've heard of stage one through stage four, but breast cancer has a stage zero and it goes to stage four. And particularly in that, tell us about DCIS, which is, uh, from what I understand, ductile carcinoma and CETA. Is that right? And also right. Tri triple negative breast cancer, because those are two extremes. Tell us about those two things and, and kind of give us an idea about those different stages of breast cancer. Okay. Um, so the first question, DCIS, it's a cancer which is in situ, ductal carcinoma in situ. 
this is the cancer that is still within the cell membrane of the cell. Um, so the goal of uh, the, the, the good thing is the, if we take care of this, DCIS will prevent the occurrence of invasive breast cancer. That is the DCIS. Um, and then um, you wanted to know the staging, right? Like mm-hmm. we From stage zero to stage four. So because we're talking about screening, so getting to it early is critical. So when you're in stage zero, that's something like a, is that DCIS? Is that correct? Right. Stage okay. zero is DCIS. Let me get one second. And then we move on to stage four, which gets really critical at that point. And then we worry about things spreading once you get to stage four. So understanding the different stages might be helpful because a lot of I think a lot of people have kind of gotten complacent because we hear about breast cancer all the time. And then with the pandemic, people staying home, a lot of people haven't really been getting the screening. People are doing self-checks at home, but they're not getting the screenings is what I understand. Yes. Stage one, um, breast cancer is what we call um, local disease. And, uh, you know, this is a very early stage breast cancer and uh, the treatments are very um, you know, uh, the, the treatments that are offered at this stage are conservative therapies, you know. So staging is extremely important and getting the diagnosis very early on is very important too. And uh, like you mentioned earlier, a lot of patients um, during the pandemic have not gotten their um, screening mammograms or for that matter, other screening tests for other things too. Um, uh, then uh, what else I should say about uh, the staging? So then, like, when um, we get into stage three and stage four breast cancer, how fast can it can someone progress? Because I've heard stories, Katie Kirk, for example, on the, one of the anchors on, uh, been around yeah. forever on NBC, she talked about her experience right. with breast cancer. And then, like, she said that she just forgot to do it for, like, six months, and she's been getting them regularly because her husband died from colon cancer. So she went and got tested after six months. And she she had cancer, she had she had breast cancer, and it was and it was, it wasn't in the later stages, but it was still had progressed enough where it was very very serious. Right, but uh, um, you know most patients who present with breast cancer usually have disease that's confined um, to what we call uh, to the breast with no. Um, are much metastasis. You know, usually, um, you know, we, uh, these are the patients uh, um, that are called stage one and two. Um, you know, that that uh, disease is confined to the breast, and then the three and four are the metastatic breast cancer. Like you mentioned, the metastatic breast cancer is a poor prognosis, and if this cancer is detected very early on, ninety nine percent, there's a survival rate of ninety nine percent. Wow. Um, and and then the COVID-19, um, I agree with you, um, especially, um, you know, because of the delays in the treatment, screening um, and everything, you know, with the social distancing and a lot of, uh, you know, the way we delivered, delivered care has changed during the pandemic. So, yeah, there were some issues which were real during this pandemic. So how young should a woman be or how young can a woman be before they start thinking about getting uh, screenings? Right. Um, that's a great question. Um, so, uh, number one, uh, we usually follow American Cancer Society guidelines. So according to American Cancer Society guidelines, average risk women should get screening mammograms every year starting at the age 45. Um, and 
45 to 54, they all should get up to uh, every year. And women over 55 should be screened every other year. Um, that is biennially. Um, and women should have an opportunity to continue to screening annually, even with this age group, with 45 to 54. Um, we don't, there is no end limit for screening mammograms anymore as long as women are healthy um, and their overall health is good and they have a life expectancy of 10 years or longer. Um, so we start at 45. And uh, in fact, we can start the discussion at 40 itself. Wow. Now, one thing I noticed on a Mayo Clinic, um, on their front page of the website, when you talk about breast cancer, um, they talk about the importance of self-screening, but they s- mention that self-screening in their eyes wasn't necessarily as effective as other types of uh, getting actual screening, a physical screening in an actual facility. What is your take on getting screening or doing self-exams, self-breast exams? And if you're doing self-breast exams, what's the proper way to do it? Um, you know, there is a, a most a most study, a most experts agree now uh, uh, breast exams are not indicated anymore um, because this has, you know, there were several studies looking at this and this has led to unnecessary biopsies and things like that. So for screening, we do not recommend anymore uh, self-breast exams. But breast cancer screening, the best way to, the best method we have right now is a screening mammogram. And this is uh, this is used to look for any early signs of uh, breast cancer. You know, even when patients don't have any other symptoms. And this mammogram is actually an X-ray picture of the breast. Um, the, during this examination, the breast is placed between two plates. Uh, there are two views taken: one from the top, one from the side. Um, and sometimes, depending on what the screening mammogram, initial mammogram shows. Um, the doctor, the radiology doctor might recommend for the testing called a diagnostic mammogram, um, where there are, um, you know, um, if there is any, any findings on the, on the initial screening mammogram, which involves more views than two. Um, then sometimes, uh, I, we also use ultrasounds, uh, to diagnose as well as to perform breast biopsies if the diagnostic mammogram shows anything. And women who are at increased risk of at least 20% over uh, their lifetime of breast cancer, they receive the special testing called breast MRI. Uh, breast MRI catches um, cancers that are harder to detect by mammograms. Now, was the 3D, the 3D mammogram, is that the gold standard today for getting mammograms? Because there's, uh, what I've read, there's 3D mammograms and there's standard mammograms. Um, what does the Jesse Brown VA use and then what, what is the most effective way? Yeah, Jesse Brown VA Hospital currently do not have in-house mammography, um, and we uh, refer our patients into the community through a process called community care referral process, where a doctor places an order, and there is a department called community care who reaches out to the patient trying to get these patients' appointments in the community. Um, um, so... Um, but we are also we, we also have um, a mammography care coordinator in the VA uh, at the Jesse Brown, uh, who actually um, um, works with the patient, the community care, and the outside um, you know the uh, the mammography uh, vendor. Um, so one thing I noticed too also is that 
according to the to the VA st- uh, statistics and also according to what the research says, the women veterans are 20 to 40 percent more likely to get breast cancer. So this leads me to this question. So is breast cancer more so when I lo- try to find information on the causes of breast cancer? It led me to the think that maybe there was more family history or possibly genetic. But then right. a lot of people get breast cancer with no history of family, no family history whatsoever. There's no not right. even finding a lump when they do a self-exam. So what what do but, veterans need to do, women veterans in particular, in order to take advantage of what the VA offers at Jesse Brown? That that's absolutely right. Um, according to the American Cancer Society, you know some of the risk factors are family history, first degree, second degree related to having cancer. But like you mentioned, most of the women who come with breast cancer do not give uh, family history of breast cancer. And at the same time, even if someone has all the risk factors or one or more risk factors, it doesn't necessarily mean that they will develop breast cancer. Um, then it also depends on the genetic makeup. The breast density is one of the risk factors and hormonal factors. Um, and there are several other risk factors like alcohol consumption um, and uh, being overweight uh, after menopause as well as not being uh, physically active. Um, uh, what is Jesse Brown doing? Um, the first thing uh, any woman veteran can do um, is uh, getting an appointment with the primary care doctor. Uh, that's where it starts. And Jesse Brown VA Hospital as a, um, women physicians uh, who are designated as women's health providers. Uh, we have a women's health clinic. We have a women veteran program manager. We also have a mammography care coordinator at the Jesse Brown VA hospital yeah so one of the things i wanted to ask we were, originally we had the, we had planned to have one of the licensed clinical social workers here with us today but she wasn't able to make it but um the question i wanted to ask her maybe you can answer this question is how important is it to advocate for women's health uh women's health program that you have at jesse brown va is critical um, but how important is it and why is it necessary to advocate for women's health Absolutely. It is extremely important um, because women veterans have unique uh, medical issues, mental health issues, psychosocial issues. And uh, and, and at Jesse Brown, uh, we have designated women's health providers uh, who are actually who do take, um, you know, quite a bit of, uh, you know, training courses, you know, on, online, uh, what is called mini residencies and things like that uh, to specialize. And uh, um, and we uh, we actually have a comprehensive women's health care center in our uh, Jesse Brown VA. We have social workers that work with us. We have psychologists that work with the primary care providers uh, along with um, uh, a gynecologist. We, we are lucky to have two gynecologists with us, and one of them is actually very specialized gynecologist called urogynecologist. Um, and, um, yeah, we have a lot of resources at the, at Jesse Brown Women's Health Care, uh, Clinic, you know, um, and, uh, and another important thing is we are very excited that uh, recently, uh, we were told that we've been approved, uh, to initiate mammography breast imaging services on site, um, and, um, and also to get this comprehensive mammography program so that we can get the veterans the screening mammograms and uh, uh, and and depending on what the screening mammogram what they need you know to offer all these on site at jesse brown so one thing that we mentioned we talked about earlier in the show we mentioned that 45 is the, is the right age to start getting mammograms for women however 
because of the fact that a lot of women veterans are, are getting breast cancer at such alarming rates, and most women who are in service, I mean, they're joining typically when they're in their 20s. And I've, we've seen cases of women with breast cancer. Um, I've seen a case with 27 where someone you know, passed away reading, doing research, um, who had no symptoms and they have been doing regular exams, seem relatively healthy, um, but unfortunately did not get screened. And then it, it metastasized. And when she went to go get it checked out, next thing it was, you know, it was hard to treat or hard to get on, to, to conquer. Um, is it a good idea for women veterans in particular to maybe think about getting screened earlier versus waiting to 45? Um, yeah, absolutely. So the first thing is having a discussion with the primary care provider so that they can come up with the risk assessment, um, that uh, they look at several things in that questions. You know, there's a questionnaire for that. And uh, based on that, once they decide what is the risk, um, then we can, you know, move from there, because um, there, uh, even for average risk women, we should start discussing. You know, with, uh, the women veteran should, uh, women patient should have given the opportunity to start discussing at the age of forty, um, and um, um, and definitely women with higher risk, like with uh, family history and genetic uh, mutations and things like that, uh, they should be starting screening early on, and not just with mammograms. In that case, with MRI of the breast. So I got, I got two couple of uh, two questions that offer the last question we just talked about. So, getting a screen early, we know that's critical. So, how is Jesse Brown? Uh, what is how is Jesse Brown's view on preventative maintenance or preventative screening on, on just, in, just in general? Because it seems like the more we do things early with our health, we get on, we start just finding out what the problems are. Getting the screenings, whether it's breast cancer, whether it's colon cancer, whether it's other different things, we do better in life in general because we can detect it and get treated earlier. So is that something that's a focus of Jesse Brown, the preventative side? Because we typically think in the regular world, well, you know, we don't do anything till we get sick. We wait till we get sick, then we go to the hospital, we go to the emergency room, but we don't put a lot of time and effort and attention into trying to maintain and prevent certain things from happening to begin with. Absolutely. It's not, uh, I agree totally, 100% with you, not just breast cancer, all the general health screenings that patients need, um, depending on their age and sex and things like that. Um, the best thing is we at Jesse Brown, we have a comprehensive primary care health um, that patients are seen, and um, we do have, uh, you know, depending on their age, again, age-appropriate screenings and things like that. Um, so, we, 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 Jesse Brown, um, in fact, actually has a group that works, uh, that looks at all these screening metrics and things like that. So it's very important. The first step is for any women veteran is to get an appointment with the primary care. And we do know that patients, when they get primary care appointments, they do better care because the primary care doctor ha- does a comprehensive evaluation and uh, try to get these patients uh, whatever they need uh, these you know whatever it may be the breast cancer or uh, or diabetes or for that matter you know whatever that is yeah so the first step is coming to the primary care uh, clinic and get seeing the primary care doctor now this is the question i didn't really want to ask you but i'm going to ask it because i think it is important and the reason why I didn't want to ask this question is because it, it lets people, I, in my mind, and I'm judging in some way, it makes people more complacent because they wait, once again, like on my base on my last question, they wait to the last minute to get checked and then become sometimes it's hard to treat something when you let something get worse. 
But what are the signs and symptoms of breast cancer? When a, if a woman is having to that to the point where they start seeing signs and symptoms, what are the things to look out for, and what they should what should they do at that point? Right, right. Um, see, our goal is to find them even before they have symptoms. Um, that is what we were talking about earlier with screening. Um, but what are some of the symptoms and signs of breast cancer? One is um, new lump in the breast or in the armpit, uh, dimpling of the skin, discharge from the nipple, or pulling of the nipple, or redness in the uh, breast area, um, or if there is any swelling that they see, you know, or pain in the breast, or change in the um, the size or the shape of the breast, you know, these are some of those. Um, any any of these symptoms, um, they should talk to their primary care provider right away, to their health care provider. And once again, how often should the mammogram be done or screening be done? And the screening, according to American Cancer Society guidelines, um, the screening, uh, every woman should have uh, regular screenings every year at the age of 45. Uh, from 45 to 54, they should be screened annually, and women 55 and up should be screened biennially. And uh, uh, women should continue screening mammograms as long as their overall health is good and they have a life expectancy of 10 years or longer. So there's no cutoff for this, but please continue. And this is a, my last question. We have about a minute left. So when you're, when you, if you've ever had to diagnose or actually tell someone the bad news that they had breast cancer? Hello? Yes, can you hear me? I, I, I couldn't hear you one second before. Can you please repeat the question? We got about, we got about 50 seconds left, but what, okay. have you ever had to diagnose someone with breast cancer or tell someone the bad news that they had breast cancer? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, breast cancer. Uh, we have a mammography care coordinator in the clinic. We actually monitor all breast cancer diagnosis patients, making sure that they get the necessary treatments. Yes, of course. I've seen many women with breast cancer diagnosis, and I have given the diagnosis myself to the veteran in my clinic. Yes. And the reason why I wanted to ask that question, but we ran out of time, is that I wanted to know what a woman felt. What's the, what's the reaction that someone gets typically when they are told that they have breast cancer? You know, when I was when I, I yeah. was uh, when did my, did a colonoscopy and, and the doctor told me he said, you know what, most men would give me a, a sigh of relief. He said most women die most men die with colon cancer. They don't die of colon cancer. So we got to treat this. We got to get this taken care of. But you know, but I was clean. So, doctor, right. thanks for that, your time. I appreciate you coming on our show, Sarita Dashapante, doctor, board certified yeah. internist, and has in the Women's Health Medical Director for S.C. Brown VA since 2013. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. This is America's Heroes Group. We'll be right back. Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.